morning, church. We have a great opportunity to celebrate this morning by beginning with baptism. And so we're just excited about all the things that God's doing in the life of our church. So I'm going to invite Brian Petzl to come on down with me. So Brian came to me a couple weeks ago, and we were talking, and uh, you can tell that his Sunday school class, a small group, is really excited for him. Um, he's been doing a lot of searching after God, and he gave his life to Christ when he was younger, but it was after he was dunked underwater, and so he wanted to get his baptism in the right order. And so we talked a couple weeks ago, and Brian is excited about this step and just the way that he's growing, and being a part of a small group has been a big part of that. And so I would encourage you, if you're not a small group, find one, because they will, they will get you in the right place where you need to be. So, Brian, have you given your life to Jesus? Yes, I have. And do you desire to follow him in believer's baptism? Yes, I do. Awesome. I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. <laughs> what we also get to see this morning is Zach Petzold and a picture of the family of God in the way that God has intended for us to celebrate together. And Zach came to me also a couple weeks ago and said, I've given my life to Jesus, and I want to make sure that I'm following in the way that I'm supposed to follow him as well. And Zach's actually been doing a Bible study. He's actually helped his dad understand a little bit more, more about following after him. And so, Zach, have you given your life to Jesus? Yes, I have. And you desire to follow him in believer's baptism? Yes, I do. And a picture this morning, Zach's dad is going to baptize him as a new believer as well. So we baptize him up. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there is Christ in baptism, raised to walk in goodness of life. To keep the theme of family going and baptizing Zach, I get to baptize my Zach this morning. <laughs> Zach, Zach gave his life to Jesus a couple years ago. It was worried about standing up in front of everybody. I said, buddy, when it's, when it's time, you'll know it's time. Well, this week he came to us and said, I think it's time. So, Zach, have you given your life to Jesus? Yes. And do you desire to follow him in believer's baptism? Yes. Awesome. I baptize you, my son and my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. church it's already been a great day right what an awesome moment what a wonderful thing i tell you i remember when i had the privilege of being able to baptize my two sons and what a what an emotional moment that is and so uh what a great thing to be able to see god using uh families and be able, being able to use this church uh for his glory and for his good uh it's a powerful day tom come stand with me man so i want to introduce you to tom mahegan uh, Tom is uh, a part of a men's group that meets in my house, and, uh, and uh, Tom came to me a few weeks ago, and he said, Dan, you know, I want to be the leader of my family. I want to be the spiritual leader and spiritual head of my family, and I really believe that that starts with being baptized by immersion. Tom grew up in the Catholic tradition, and so he uh, grew up in that and really understood what that meant, and so he gave his life to Jesus a number of years ago, but today he is coming uh, to follow in believer's baptism by immersion. So, Tom... I know you've given your life to Jesus. I'm so pleased with what God has done in your life. And it is... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Buried to Christ in baptism. 
raised to walk in the ground. That's a big man. <laughs> Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for the way you love us. Thank you for the way that you lead us. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for the privilege that we have of being able to follow after you. And God, that is our desire every single day of our lives, that we would follow after you. God, let us be faithful to you in all things. Let us see the way that you work. And let us glory in the way that you work in our lives. God, we are grateful. We're grateful for the privilege of being in this moment. We're grateful for these who have given their life to you. We're grateful for being able to follow and to, and to lead people to follow in obedience to the command of Jesus. And God, let us do that in everything that we do. We love you and we praise you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, 1 John 5, 4 says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, and it is our faith. We want to sing about that victory this morning. Would you stand with us as we worship together?
she is planning on going to DSC uh, in the fall, and something she, she wants you to know about her is that with hard work, you can achieve your goals. So congratulations, Diane. Next, we have Madison Mandel. Maddie, come on up here. She is the daughter of Susanna and Alan Mandel, and she is graduating from DeLand High School. She is pursuing a career in film, and she wants you to know how to finish a 5K without throwing up, all right? So that's what you wrote, I'm just saying. So congratulations, Maddie. Next, we have Megan Schachter. She is the daughter of Laura and David Schachter, and she, is, too, is graduating from DeLand High School. She is planning on attending Mississippi State University in the fall. There are some people who are more proud of that than others, Pastor Dan. And she plans on per pursuing a career in communications. And, so, and she wants you to know that something she learned in high school was not to use the school bathrooms. So that's wise, wise advice. I think I'm, you can hear me still? All right, perfect. And then finally, but not last and least, is Anna Warren. She is the daughter of Katie and Scott Warren. She is graduating from DeLand High School, and she is pursuing uh, a career in music therapy is her plans. And so something she wants you to know about she learned in high school is how to be confident in herself, and that's a thing to know as well. So give all of our graduates a big round of applause. And I'm going to ask Pastor Dan to pray for our graduates this morning. Let's pray together. Oh, it works. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for, uh, thank you for these graduates, God. These in this service and that we'll recognize later, God, we're just so grateful. We're grateful that we, for the fact that we've had an opportunity as a church to, um, to impact their lives. And God, that's, that's really what we're all about. We want to see people's lives changed. We want to see hearts changed. And God, as these graduates go on to the next step of their lives, God, we pray for them. We pray for their families. We pray, God, in, the, in their education and in the places that you will plant them, God, that you would use these transitions for your glory, for your purpose. It's all about you. And so, Jesus, we thank you for the work that you've done in each of these lives. God, it is, a, it is a joy to be able to look at each one of them and to know that they've given their life to you and they have followed you with their life. And, and God, what a, what a privilege that is. And so, God, we just thank you for expanding our church a little bit this morning, being able to send us out and to make a difference in places that many of us may never go and, and have influence in places we may never see. But, God, we're grateful. We're grateful for the, the, the accomplishment and God, we're grateful for the commencement, for the beginning of this new thing. We love you and we praise you for all these graduates and for the opportunity that we have as a church to make a difference in their lives and in their families' lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
place today as we sing. So this is different. Um, uh, we are coming to you today, and we, uh, Andrew and I wanted to sit down and just kind of have a little bit of a conversation um, with you in the room. And so this is really a conversation between uh, two pastors and two friends. Um, we, we've, been, we've been in this series that we called Dysfunctional. I, I chose not to put Dysfunctional right, right behind us. Yeah, that's uh, that's nice. It was a it was an artistic uh, it was an artistic decision, um, but uh, I, I will say that we're we're so grateful for the things that God has been teaching us through this. We come to the end of the book of Genesis, and we're really kind of um, we are overwhelmed with the story of Joseph, the 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 next to youngest son of Jacob, and really the favored son of Jacob. Joseph is a is a sermon series unto itself. There is so much that can be learned uh, from the story of Joseph. But just in a quick, quick nutshell, Joseph is really despised by his brothers because he's the favorite. And so they sell him into slavery into Egypt. When he goes to Egypt, he kind of finds favor in a house owned by a guy by the name of Potiphar, but then, in being favored there, uh, he catches the eye of Potiphar's wife. She falsely accuses him, and he ends up in prison. And so, he interprets the dreams of a couple of people that are kind of from Pharaoh's court. And he thinks, that's going to be my ticket out of here. But instead, it's not. They forget about him, and he gets to stay in prison for a little while longer. And then, uh, through a series of events, Pharaoh has this dream, and he realizes, or, or the, the, the baker, I think, or the cupbearer realizes, hey, there was a guy that could interpret dreams. I w- you should talk to Joseph. So Joseph is brought out of prison. He interprets Pharaoh's dream, saying that you're going to have seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. Prepare in the seven years of plenty so that you can take care of the world in the seven years of famine. It's a pretty crazy story. And he is put in charge 
of the nation of Egypt, which is the most powerful nation in the world. And really, in some ways, it's kind of like Joseph is put in charge of the entire world by being put in charge of Egypt. He then um, has an opportunity to serve his brothers, the ones who sold him into slavery. They come to Egypt for food because there's a famine. And so they come to Egypt, and he has an opportunity to serve them. He's reunited with his dad. They have sort of a family reunion. But as you fast forward, Jacob eventually dies, and the brothers of Joseph are like, oh, it's about to go down. It's been good, and he's been really kind to us, but I'm a, I think he's about to change, and he'll probably kill us now. So they made up a story where they said to, uh, to Joseph, hey, before, you, before dad died, he told us that you were supposed to take care of us. He, they lied about it. And so Joseph responds to them, and he says these words. This scripture is going to show up on the screen in Genesis chapter 50. It says, but Joseph said to them, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus, he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. I love that phrase where it says, you meant evil against me. The things that you did, you thought were going to be bad. But God has actually used the bad things that you did and, and actually caused it to be good to put me where I need to be. I, I, I take out of that, and as we kind of come to a conclusion in this dysfunctional series, I think we have one more sermon next week. And, but one of the things that we need to understand about our lives is that God works in the circumstances of our life so that we can then fulfill his calling for our life. And, and it doesn't always have to be bad things. Sometimes it can be really good things. It, it, you know, Joseph said it this way, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. We could say it this way, what you meant as life, God used as equipping. God equips us through the circumstances of our life to actually fulfill his calling. So that kind of brings us to this moment. Um, and Andrew, I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of share a little bit about kind of why we're doing this and the way we're doing it. Okay. Well, one of the things that we've been having the conversation probably for a good time now, um, that uh, just as I've continued to try to follow after God, I think that there is uh, lots of ways to do that. But I think there's, a, there's a, a right path and wrong path. Psalm 1 talks about the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. Um, and there's really not a third choice. Uh, it's follow God or, or don't follow God. There's not a comfortable choice. There's not a, well, you can follow sometimes or you can follow in just these areas. It's, it's follow God or not. And so one of the things that I've been praying about and just kind of seeking God's wisdom and will over the past uh, amount of time has just been, what is next for my life? And I feel like that as I've been here seven years, I've been in student ministry for 20 years, um, always thought that that's where I was going to spend the rest of my time was in student ministry because I have a passion and desire for seeing students come to know Jesus and to grow in that relationship. Um, but something has changed in the past couple years, and I feel like that God has allowed me to begin to have a greater appreciation and a desire to uh, stand up and proclaim his word for the full body. And I think that one of the things that God has equipped me with, and uh, partly because of the relationships I have here and the way this church has poured into me, uh, I feel like God is preparing me and equipped me to step into a senior pastor role. And so one of the things that just as we've been having this conversation, we've been talking about um, what that looks like for my life. Uh, I feel like God has placed certain things in there. I'm ready in certain ways, scared in some ways, but I think that there's uh, definitely some opportunities to 
not that the past seven years have been prison. All right, for Joseph, you know, so, but I think there's a, a calling in that um, that God calls us and then he steps, expects us to step out. And so uh, over the past couple of months, I've been praying about that. And uh, my family and I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to go and visit a church uh, in St. Louis, Missouri um, that was interested in calling me a senior pastor. Um, and I will have the opportunity to go in a few weeks to preach in view of a call um, at First Baptist Church, Lake St. Louis. And so I'm excited about the opportunity, scared a little bit. Um, it's a little bit different calling. And I think we're going to talk about that a little bit here too. But I know this is also not the, the way that we normally do this in church. So maybe you can share why we're doing <laughs> yeah. it this way because this is not normal. Yeah, this is not normal. <laughs> so uh, if, you've ever, if you've been in church for, for very long, usually what we have is we have the end of a service. We have an announcement where somebody says, hey, I've been called to a certain church. I'm going to be leaving here and going to minister in that church. This is my resignation. That is not what today is. Um, really, as Andrew and I have been talking about this, and, and with him feeling like God is calling him from a student ministry position to a senior pastor position, I, we just really started to pray about and think about that this is not a, we don't want to, um, we want to celebrate, and we want to commission, and we want to send out in, in, in what God is doing in Andrew's life. And so a lot of times what churches feel in moments like this is they feel loss. And what we need to feel is we need to feel gain because we have had the opportunity and the privilege of being a part of Andrew's life over the last seven, seven years and really affirming that calling that Andrew has placed in his life. I, I realize that for some of you that are here, this is brand new. You walked in, you thought, okay, we're going to church, and you're, and you're hearing something, and you're thinking, I, I, I didn't expect that. This is a surprise. It's not a surprise to us. This is a conversation that Andrew and I have been having for a couple of years. Huh? Or to God, that's right, that's right, or to God. Um, he, you know, this is something that we are, that we have been investigating and praying about and, and really just kind of having conversations about and praying together in, is this something that God has placed uh, in, in Andrew's heart? And so I want you to hear that. I also want you to hear, some of you may be saying, well, what if that vote goes poorly on June the 4th? What happens then? Well, I'll tell you what happens then. What happens then is we welcome Andrew back and we continue to, to encourage him because he has done such a great job in his ministry here and we'll continue to do that. And then we will also pray in the midst of that that God would continue to open that maybe door. We don't expect that. We don't anticipate that. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I want to say that out loud that, that this is not a resignation. It is we want to pray for this transition and we want to celebrate that transition as God has been moving in Andrew's life. Pray positively. That's right. That, yeah, yeah. We don't want anybody praying, please make people vote no. Yes, um, that, would, that would be a bad prayer, okay? Um, so, but at the same time, we are, we are honored. Um, I, 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 I will say at this point, the, the average stay of a student pastor is about 18 months. A long, healthy stay of a student pastor is about three to four years. Andrew's been here for seven years and been in student ministry for 20. Those graduates that we just recognized were in the fifth grade when you showed up on campus. Mm -hmm. And so having the opportunity to see those students all the way through their progression through student ministry and now to celebrate their next step in life is, that's massive church. That does not happen. It really doesn't. And so we're, we, we honor that and we celebrate that um, today. 
I wanted us to, one of the reasons why I wanted us to sit down, and especially in the midst of this, is because this is, this is you finding, following, discerning God's call for your life, which is, which is a, you've been headed in one direction, and now there's, a, there's an adjustment there, mm-hmm. um, away from student ministry and into being a senior pastor. How, how do you discern and follow God's call on your life? How do you know that, that okay, that's, that's what God's telling me to do? I think one of the things, and it's, it's more than just pastoral calling, I think it's calling for, for everyone. So it's not just the people on the stage, it's everybody in the room of learning to, to listen to God's voice. Um, I love the Experiencing God Bible study. It's look for where God's at work and just get on board with what he's right. doing. Um, yeah. But in listening for his voice, I think there's lots of things that uh, I've, I've tried to focus on over the past several months as I've been praying about this. Um, one is, what is God's voice? And make sure I'm spending time in my Bible and prayer and listening for where, where he's directing. I also think one of the voices that he puts in people's lives are godly counsel and godly wisdom. Um, and a lot of that, um, Pastor Dan, other mentors, um, our staff that have just poured into me, just the investment they've made in me, I've, I've tried to listen to their voices over the, the past couple of months and the things they have said. Um, I'd say for a lot of people in the room, um, this is your fault too. Uh, every time I have the opportunity to preach, there's somebody who comes up to me and says, well, when are you going to leave? And that's, not, that's never been the passion and desire in my heart, but it, it's always been a, a nice confirmation of God is using you and what is next in your life. And I appreciate that, but it's, it's godly voices and godly counsel that I've tried to listen to. And then even in my own family, uh, I think that there's godly wisdom and listening to those who know you best. Um, one of the things, again, not normal, but one of the things we did a couple uh, months ago is I kind of went to Zach and his, uh, I knew he was a believer. I knew he professed Christ. I said, hey, buddy, will you, will you start praying for me to have wisdom? I feel like this is where God's leading us in a transition. And I just want you to be praying for that, to have wisdom, to help, to help dad have wisdom in that. And so I would follow up about every week. To, he, he was praying for me every week and listening to Natalie um, and her wisdom and her voice. And this definitely has been helpful. Um, uh, again, 20 years in student ministry. I never had a plan of leaving student ministry. Um, being here for seven years, the first time I had the opportunity to preach here, Natalie had heard me multiple times say, well, I'm never going to be a senior pastor. Never going to do that. Don't ever tell God never. All right? And so <laughs> Natalie kind of came to me and was like, stop saying that. Stop saying that. You are going to regret it if you keep saying that. And yeah. it really was just the, through the opportunities I've had here and the way this church has poured into me, I'm thankful for the opportunity to see that, okay, maybe it's not as scary or is different from student ministry in a lot of ways because of the same patterns and the same way that we have ministry that are very much hand in hand. Absolutely. So. I, I've said before that a lot of times the Holy Spirit's voice sounds like Nikki's. So uh, it, it <laughs> seems like, you know. They're, that's they're, that's what I listen for is Nikki's voice in my Well, head. well I, I'll, I'll go with Natalie <laughs> okay. for you, okay? Um, but I, I think that sometimes God does place those people in our life and he uses them as a mouthpiece. I, I remember when when I was in, when I was at First Baptist Church of Vidalia and I was the worship pastor and the pastor left and I kind of took over the responsibility of of preaching on Wednesday nights and I remember one of the first times that I preached on a Wednesday night Nikki came up to me afterwards and she said what you said tonight was anointed and I mean that's not just oh you did a good job what you said tonight was anointed and it was like God used that in my life and in my heart to say you know maybe God's stirring something inside of me that I didn't expect and it took a while to kind of figure that out and to, and to follow that. But, but I do think, I've, I kind of felt the same way. Well, I'll, I'll never do that. I'll, I'll, I'll never be a senior pastor. Again, never tell God never. Um, but at the same time, and, and I'll just say, I, I so appreciate you. And Zach, I'm so 
it's so cool that your dad came to you and said, I, wanna, I want you to pray for me. You know, so many times in our families, we kind of see ourselves as Lone Ranger God followers. You know, I, I got to do this. I got to figure it out. I've got to work on it. I've got to pray about it. And so many times we'll kind of come to a conclusion of God is leading me and our whole family's like, what? I didn't, I've never known anything about that. But for you to go to your son and say, this is something God's stirring in my heart. I want you to pray for me. So many times we, as parents, we say, I'm going to pray for you or grandparents. I'm going to pray for you. No, I need you to pray for me. I need to bear my soul and I need you to pray for me in this, in this area. It's huge. It's huge. Um, and that's also, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reviewing what you just said. Um, I also think it's cool, you know, it's, that's calling is not a call to ministry. Calling is anything in our life. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of parents in the room. We got a lot of grandparents in the room. We have a lot of workers and neighborhood members and, and friend groups and graduates. calling graduates, graduates, uh, calling is a part of our everyday life. And we are all called to fulfill God's purpose for our life. And so that's, uh, that's another, just another huge part of living that out. Mm-hmm. Tell me about, um, so this is new, yeah. you know, this is, this is brand new. Um, just for the purpose of, of maybe sharing a little bit your heart, but also giving us opportunities to, to pray for you and, and to love you in the midst of this. You're changing from being a student pastor for 20 years mm-hmm. to, to stepping into a senior pastor role. What, what excites you about that? I would say that as I've prayed about this, one of the things that I don't think has changed over the past 20 years is uh, my passion desire to see students come to know Jesus. And I think that is a great passion desire that I have. And ultimately, that's the same thing every student needs is a relationship with Jesus. One of the things that just God has stirred in my heart, kind of, I think, changed that to change the burden a little bit is to see that student ministry is important, it's needed, but if we're not reaching the family, then we're missing out on a large part. And I feel like that God has equipped me and prepared me over my time in ministry to, to better equip students by helping better reach parents. That's and cool. I think that's important to understand that the idea is reaching parents is an important aspect of that. And I think that I can do that uh, from a senior pastor role, the opportunity to do that, um, still proclaim Christ, still have a relationship and investment in students, but it's just in a different way. Uh, yeah. I think even the church's investment in, in interns here and the opportunity mm-hmm. in other churches I've had, uh, be able to pour into other ministers uh, has been a great benefit to me. I've enjoyed that. And to see that other people who are growing and doing probably more than I could ever do because of my investment in them. And so investing in other ministers, investing in families, discipleship, families, strong families, has been something that God's just refined a little bit in those things. And I think that even in the course of working on a PhD during my my time in student ministry, I would go into student ministry meetings with other student pastors, and I was the only student pastor in there with a PhD. (laughs) And I I didn't mind that, but I never went for that in the purpose of doing something else. I thought that's what... God was calling me to be as be- best prepared as I could be sure. for what I was called to do. And at that time, that was earning an extra degree. And I didn't expect to use it anything outside of student ministry. But I think that God's equipped me in that way. Right. And leadership and the philosophy of leadership degree is very helpful in, in leading a staff and doing some things that I think have prepared me to make those things a little bit more of a transitional ease. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I, I think it is energy. I remember, uh, again, I remember because I, I, I spent a little bit of time of my life in student ministry. Then I was in worship ministry. And 
Um, being a senior pastor, one of the beautiful things about, about being able to be a senior pastor is that you have an opportunity to have an influence and a connection with not just a niche group, but, but really with everybody within the church. At various ministries, you have an opportunity to pour into those ministries, either through mentorship of other pastors or through just active participation in those mm-hmm. ministries. And it's a, it's a great opportunity. I'm going to youth camp at the end of the summer. So, uh, so <laughs> I, you know, it's, uh, but, but I don't do that every summer because I'm not the student pastor. So, um, but I, I do get the opportunity. What about, um, what makes, so, so let's flip the, let's flip the script. What, what makes you a little bit nervous about taking the step? I mean, I think there's always the, the stepping into the unknown. Uh, and again, that's the, a lot of times we choose what's comfortable and pastors as much as anybody else are guilty of falling into patterns and things that we just do because we've always done that. And I do it as a parent, I do it as a spouse. So it's easy to do what we've always done. And so stepping out of the, the comfort of my normal everyday routine, sure. uh, moving my family uh, across, halfway across the country, um, th- those are things that kind of scare me a little bit, a little bit different and definitely aspects of, but I feel like that as God's prepared me, I can see that transition happening. Uh, I know that I've been equipped and skilled in those areas, but at the same time, it's, I haven't done that in that context, right. in that way. And so it's stepping to a new place, stepping into a little bit of the unknown, even though that I've had those rhythms of teaching every single week. I have the, the experience of working with a staff. I have the experience of, of leading other people. It's just in a different role, in a different right. title even. That yeah. makes it a little bit uncomfortable, and that sure. uncomfortable is scary. Yeah, it is. I, I, I remember I, I had an opportunity to talk with one of the members of the committee there, and they asked typical reference questions, you know, what are Andrew's strengths? What are his weaknesses? And I remember when, when they asked what your weaknesses were, I said, well, um, he's never been a senior pastor before. So that, that probably could be one. Um, I don't really know what that looks like, but there, I mean, there are, there's obvious, there are obviously going to be some items that you will face over these next couple of years that you'll say, hmm, I, I have not faced that before. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that God hasn't equipped you. And again, going back to that story of Joseph, God used the circumstance of his life to equip him to the place that he was called to be. And I think that's true of your life as well, that God has used the, the, the ministry experiences that you've had over, over these years to prepare you for this time. Mm-hmm. I also just want to say, and I, one of the things that is pretty awesome about following God's call on our life is that when we, when we know that God is calling us and when we are following God's call, so many details just fall into place. It is amazing how God is a God of details, and he specifically works things out. I, without getting into specifics, there have been some very specific things that Andrew and I have been praying about over the last uh, little bit of time in, in that opportunity that might be placed in front of him. And, and this church has really met a lot of those specific needs and specific mm-hmm. desires. And so it's just awesome to see how God works. Mm-hmm. When we follow him, we, so many times the reason we don't follow God is because we get really practical. Well, I, I would follow God's will, but, but, but I've got to do this, 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 and this. And God's going, you think I can't do those things? You think I don't have that in, in my hand? You think I can't accomplish those things? One specific story, I don't know if I told you this one or not, but uh, I won't name which one. But one of my parents, when I told them that we were considering a church in St. Louis, their first response was, oh, that, that's, a, that's far away. Um, it's farther than where they currently are. They live are. in Georgia. They live in right. Georgia. Yeah. And so it's a little bit further, not too much, but a little bit. And so um, as they were praying about it, so they were keeping my two nephews. Um, and unprovoked, unannounced, they had no idea. One of my nephews came up to 
my parent unit, and said, um, you know what my favorite vacation we ever had was? And my parent was like, what, what's that? St. Louis. It was a really great place to go. <laughs> and it was just like, my parent came back to me later on and said, okay, God's, God's got my attention. I'm okay with it now, okay? But I mean, it was a, it's one of those moments. It's, yeah. One thing not having anything to do with the other, but, but at the same time, God uses those types of things to go, you're on the right path. Mm-hmm. You're on the right path. Just keep going. Keep yeah. plugging. Keep, keep, keep moving forward. Andrew, you, you and I could sit here and talk about this for a long time, and, uh, and I, and I want to transition into, uh, you know, just a kind of a life application for, for everybody that's here, but I do want to pray for you, and I want our church to pray for you, and so um, I, I, want us to, uh, I want us to be able to pray specifically uh, for you and for your family. Are there some specific ways that we can be praying for you? Absolutely. Uh, I say for me, first and foremost is wisdom, um, just knowing and continuing to listen to and discern God's call in my life. I think that is the most important thing I can be asking for and would appreciate and covet your prayers and, and wisdom for that. Uh, I asked Zach and Zoe just kind of if there was one thing you could pray for them. Um, Zoe's was her friends. Um, it's hard. She's grown up here. She's one year, one year old when we moved here. And so she's, all of her life that she knows has been here at this church. And right. uh, Zach was the same way as friends in a new school. Um, again, one of the things that, as we've been talking about it, uh, Zach made a profession, but he's kind of scared of getting baptized, uh, being in front of people, but he also knew that he wanted to be baptized here, yeah. and that was, this was his family, this is what he knew, and so yeah. just a testimony for how this church has invested awesome. in them. Um, so just pray for them as they make that transition. And then for Natalie, she does a great job of managing our house, uh, our household, and taking care of a lot of things, and so she's had a lot more on her over the past several weeks, and so I know there's a, a higher level of stress, and so I would just pray for her sure. management skills and the things that she does, and that I would not be as annoying as I normally can be. So that's a, uh, I know where my strengths and weaknesses are. So that's okay. <laughs> All right, that's that's a that's an interesting prayer request, but probably an honest one. Natalie, yes. <laughs> is that an honest one? Yes, it's honest. Okay, there you go. So, um, I, well, let's. Uh, I hope you wrote those down. If you didn't, it, we're recording this, and you can go back and you can write them down because those are ways that you can specifically pray uh, for Andrew and for his family. So, um, would you just join me and let's pray together, uh, Lord? Thank you. Thank you for the way that you've moved. Thank you for the way that you have worked. Thank you, God, for, uh, for just the privilege of being able to celebrate this day. And God, I thank you for Andrew. I thank you for uh, the beautiful and powerful ministry that he has had right here in this place. And God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to see, um, to see that ministry expanded. God, to, send, to be sent out. And God, we, I just pray right now for First Baptist Church of Lake St. Louis. God, I pray that you would provide a landing spot for Andrew and his family. God, I pray for that church as, as he comes. And maybe even today they might be talking about this, about Andrew being a candidate. And maybe there's some members of that church that are watching this right now. And God, I, I just pray for them. I pray, God, that you would, you would prepare them for the ministry that you were bringing through Andrew. And God, that you would just give them an openness and a a willingness to follow your will and to follow his guidance. And God, I just pray for those specific needs. For Andrew, wisdom, discernment, direction, clarity. For Zach, a new school and friends and just that transition. For Zoe, those, those friends that she's grown close to here. And God, we know that you have friends that are already prepared. And we know that the details will all fall into place. For Natalie, God, I just pray for, for her 
leadership within the family and 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 god just thank you so much for what a helpmate she is to andrew and god the way that she manages their household and and takes care of all the details so many details in a family and god we just pray that you would that you would just work in the midst of all of this father i'm grateful i'm grateful for andrew and for his ministry i'm grateful for his ministry to my two sons god i'm thankful for the the impact that he has made specifically in my family and god i know in so many other families god i pray that you would go before him and that when the moment comes and that vote is taken in uh at first baptist church of lake st louis god i just pray that it would be a positive and affirming vote and god that we would all together as the body of christ maybe here in Deland and there in Lake St. Louis, God, that we would be able to celebrate together what you are doing. And we would, we would, God, that we would just see you move and you work in our midst. Thank you, Father, for this day, for the opportunity to have this conversation. And God, we pray for everybody in this room that if anyone else might be here and feeling called, that they would take this moment and that they would just recognize that you are calling them, they would take action on that. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give Andrew a round of applause? Yeah. You know, I, I'll say, um, as, a, as, a, as a pastor, I, I, have the, I have the privilege of standing behind the pulpit a lot. Usually I'm the one that's sharing the message. But there are a number of times also that I've had the opportunity to kind of have those roles reversed and I've sat and had somebody else preach, whether it's here or in a conference or in a session or sometimes just a staff devotion. And sometimes I I hear somebody open God's word and share from it or maybe through reading a book or just anything that just kind of is convictional. And I read something or I listen to something and God kind of pricks my heart and says, hey, Dan, that's you. You need to do this. And all of a sudden, I kind of hear that, and I say, yes, I need to. And, it's, and it is a moment of conviction. I, I feel a level of I am called, or I am, I am disciplined, or I should, or I must. But I'll say that there's a difference between conviction and action. And so some of you are here today, and even by what you've seen, you have felt convicted uh, that, that God has placed something in your heart and it might be you as a, as a dad or it might be you as a wife or it might be you as a, as a parent. It might be you as a, as a spouse. It might be you as a coworker or a neighborhood member or in, in a friend group or wherever you have influence. God may be working through this conversation to tell you that he has a call and a purpose for your life. That's a conviction. My question to you is, will we allow that conviction to become action? Are we just going to say, oh yeah, I think I should have, or are we going to be able to look back and say, I remember the day that I did, that I took action, and I took the first step. I want to encourage you today to let this moment be a catalyst to moving from conviction, I need to, to action, I'm going to, I am. And to allow God to use this moment to say, I'm going to actually follow his call. 
There might be a person in this room that feels like you're called to ministry. There might be a person in this room that feels like you're called to the mission field. There might be a person in this room that, that says, I need to go talk to that person across the street and share the message of the gospel. It might be just that you need to take a step in your job and have a conversation with somebody. I don't know what it is. I'm not trying to determine that. But my friends, we need to follow God's call on our life. And we need to do what he has called us to do. Conviction, great. Action. Let's take action and let's follow the Lord. We're going to have this closing song. And I just, as we sing it, I just want to give you an opportunity. As we run to the Father, let's say that that is a position of taking action on the things that God has called us to do. And let's follow him, not only our convictions, but let's take action. Would you stand and let's sing this closing song together. See 